Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I want to talk about this survey today, though. Um, if you're somebody that sits in traffic on a regular basis around the capital city, you probably won't be surprised to find out that Dublin is the second slowest city in the world for drivers. I just thought that was an incredible title to have today. The average time to travel 10 kilometres in Dublin is 29 minutes and 30 seconds. And don't even dream about going near Dublin on a Wednesday. That's the worst of all, particularly between 8 and 9, uh, eight, eight, 8 and 9 in the morning. That same 10 minutes will take you an average of 41 minutes and 30 seconds. I want to hear your stories today and how do we deal with slow congestion times. Aileen is with us on the line in Dublin. Aileen, tell me about your commute. Well, it's more that my job entails travelling. I work in medical sales, so I travel throughout the the country, basically visiting various different hospitals, but um, mainly now in the Leinster area. And um, the traffic is an absolute and total nightmare. But in some respects, I'm lucky in that I can schedule appointments to avoid rush hour. But for example, I live over in West Dublin and if I was trying to get to a hospital in South Dublin for nine o'clock in the morning, I would need to leave home at about seven. So at rush hour, that would be around a two hour commute versus if that appointment was at 11 o'clock, it would be about 45 minutes. Has that got worse, Aileen, in recent years? Because I think there's a perception that the traffic is somewhat eased. After COVID, it was a whole lot better. It was fine to travel the roads of Dublin, but I would say in the last probably three, four years, two to three years, sorry, it is it is back to Celtic Tiger times first thing in the morning. For sure, with flexible working hours, Mondays and Fridays, most definitely on a Friday, the traffic is easier. Um, but as a rule, it is, yeah, it's a nightmare. And if there is just one blip, on the M50, all the filter uh, roads yeah, into snookers. the M50 are completely gridlocked. So don't dream. Yeah. And like, I, I, I take it from the line of work you're in, you probably couldn't rely on public transport, Aileen? Not at all. Not at all. Um, but again, with flexible working hours, I'm, I'm lucky in that I can try and schedule the appointments to, um, to, to attend out with rush hour. Um, so I'm one of the lucky ones, but I do feel for people who commute into Dublin in the mornings to to be going, say, down the N7 and watching the, the streams of traffic coming up. I really, really have so much empathy for pe- those people going on the N3 now, which you'll hear on the traffic report every morning. It's gridlocked from about seven o'clock onwards, what probably a- seven to about 9.30. Yeah. So you, you have to leave nearly... An hour earlier, just not not to to allow for the traffic, but sort of to ne- to nearly beat the traffic. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, Breen? Are you surprised to find out uh, Dublin's the second slowest city in the world? Hi, Andrea. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, I'm lucky in that I don't have to commute into the city anymore. I'm ret- retired or semi-retired, um, and I only have a short commute to my work. Um, in the suburbs, I live out in Stepaside. Um, I used to travel over to Santry every day and I would take the motorway in the morning and the motorway in the evening. Um, a couple of months there before Christmas, I had made arrangements to visit a friend of mine in Santry 
and the plan was to meet him and go out and have a few pints. Um, the the, the uh, uh, plan was to use public transport to get in, mm. and I left my house at five thirty, and by seven o'clock I was still in the city centre, um, and I just hopped off the bus and um, turned around and came home. I just couldn't believe how gridlocked the whole city was. Everywhere that uh, used to have um, two lanes of traffic now had one lane and a bus lane and a cycle lane. And what I could see uh, that has happened is during COVID and during lockdown, um, they they decided to take out uh, single lanes and replace them with uh, a bus lane and or a cycle lane. Um, I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I, any of the filter uh, lanes were, were removed in favour of cycle lanes. And from what I can see is the vast majority of cyclists don't use the cycle lanes. They, they still prefer um, the, 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 the roads to cycle on. And you have this ridiculous situation where you have a footpath, a cycle lane and a road where previously there was uh, two lanes for, for traffic. And now the cyclist is still cycling on a lane with the motorists. And it's it's gone crazy. We, we, we have a minister, or I was going to say we have a minister for transport, but we don't. We have a minister for cyclists. Um, and we do not have a minister for um, motorists. End of story. They favour the cyclists okay. all the time. Is 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 that a is that a fair reflection, uh, Falgen? Falgen's from the uh, the Dublin Commuter Coalition, the Minister for Cyclists. Look, it's national policy to prioritise investment in public transport and similar transport. That's just the way it is. It is 2024, and we have to get people out of cars. The reason we're in this situation is not because of cycling. It's because of decades of poor investment in public transport, decades of investment in motorways, which encourage people to drive, which encourage people to buy cars. And now we're in the situation where we are gridlocked. And this is it's not new. Um, I remember being on the radio in 2019, just before COVID, doing the same interview about the same TomTom traffic index saying we're one of the most congested cities in the world. It is not cycle lanes. And there's been no new bus lanes introduced in the last couple of years, very little. If you cycle lanes here, then that's not what's caused it. It's the decades of policy decisions. So it's it's decades of um of I suppose of of people bring continuing to to use their cars and not actually make alternatives. Well, they would use uh, alternatives if they were available. Um, like, how long are we trying to get the the um, metro to the airport? And still, no sign of it. Not not a single brick or a sod turned. Nothing at all. You look at the the Lewis line was supposed to be, um, uh, what would you would call it, uh, increased to a metro from the city centre all the way out to uh, Sandyford and beyond, and that was vetoed. Um, that that was put on the long finger. Um, you can't if you if you were trying to rely on public transport to get you from A to B uh, at a reasonable time, forget it. I, I was looking at just before I came on. Uh, to go um, by car from Sandyford to Santry, uh, currently 30 minutes via the M50. And that's assuming there's no uh, heavy traffic. Mm. If you go by the, the next available uh, walk to a bus uh, and then 
off the bus, you're looking at an hour and a half. An hour and a half to get. So an extra hour to use public transport. And some people may have the time to do that but most, most people, people don't. don't. You see, that, they, they that, don't have that. That is a big problem, is it not, Falgen, though? There just isn't the attraction or the enticement to get people out of the cars and, and onto the buses. For a lot of people, yes. But this is, So if you look at the entry, when we built the entry, we said we would also build the Navan railway line in parallel. We built the entry, we didn't build the railway line. And then there was a crash and that was it. And now we're talking about 2035 by the time we built it. Like there were these deliberate decisions to build motorway infrastructure, to build um, all these roads and not the public transport, which has meant more and more people have bought cars and more and more people are relying on these cars. And we we can't fix that overnight, unfortunately. And we're not going to drive our way out of this. That's just not going to happen. If you look at that list uh, that Tom Tom gave, you'll notice that cities like uh, in the Netherlands with you know good walking, cycling structure, good public transport aren't at the top of that list. Yeah, well, L- they, London, London tops it followed by Dublin. We're next then to Toronto and Milan. We've the lowest population by far. Population, sure, but like population isn't the only metric though. It's, it's, the, it's the kind of policy decisions. But if you look at like Dutch cities and a lot of German cities, they're not in it because they have made good decisions in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, and London hasn't. London, sure, yeah, it has a tube, but there's still a lot of cars in London. Like we're we're not we're not that far ahead of Lima and Peru in terms of dealing yeah. with traffic congestion. It's bad. It's bad. It's a really it's poor bad. reflection. Like it, it's horrible on public transport as well. Like it has taken me forty minutes to get from one canal to the other. No more. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. And I would cycle, but it's so dangerous. And we need more investment in cycling to enable these kind of trips as well to get people off public transport, to get people out of cars, and to free up that space. Like, there's no way we're driving our way out of traffic. So this uh, this TomTom um, location technology company, their research today found it'll take you as drivers the, um, an average, if you're looking to travel 10 kilometres around Dublin city centre, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. It would seem that according to people's experiences today, it's already far. It's way beyond that nearly. Uh, the average is, is much lower than most people seem to have experienced. Um, Gavin is on the line. Gavin, how do you think we deal with congestion? How are you doing, Andrea? I'm a taxi driver, right? So the reality of it is the congestion is happening because the road blockages. Like, you know, they, they, they don't want you going across Dame Street. People are spending an hour down on Short Road. And, yeah, like, sorry, Church Road in Fairview because they're trying to turn off roads and stuff like that on Fairview. Um, you go into where the, where the uh, carts are, it's all one-way traffic, they blocked off Cable Street, and it's causing congestion. And then they want to bring in congestion charges. So, the, like, you know, the, you, we need cycle lanes. I'm not saying that I'm against cycle lanes. Yeah. If you know, Andrea, you look outside the schools, right? They put up these pencils now. So, mams in the rain can't park because they're blocked off now and they're saying, oh, they're not consulting with the people. It's just cyclist people and pedestrianised people that, that like that are walking in these jobs that don't think of people that walk in, like uh, uh, bus drivers, they don't think of delivery drivers, they don't think of people having hospital appointments, they don't think of people that have to walk in town. You know, it's all about, oh, use public transport. The, the public transport system in Ireland is not good enough. Like, we spent over £200 million on a metro system that's still not there. 
and yet they just want to keep open charges. They want to increase, uh, bring in a congestion charge like London. They want to bring in parking charges for people, and all that affects is people that are struggling as it is to go to work and to go to hospital appointments. But if you ask Selsman there, he he, he won't. I I I asked in Amsterdam the minister, uh, Rod, well, not Eamon um, Ryan, this, and he couldn't answer me. He couldn't answer me. Like, he just looked at me and he couldn't answer me. The video was everywhere to be seen. And they, they, nobody wants to take responsibility for this. So they're spending all this money uh, building these, fixing roads, doing this with roads, and it's not working. They're turning into one lanes where people have to drive around traffic. And what about our homeless system and our healthcare system is falling apart? Okay. And it, like, the money is just not going where it should be. Uh, Ellie, Ellie is on the line. Ellie, what's your experience? Um, well, I gave up myself driving in 1990 just to, you know, for the environment. And um, I thought, I'm going to use public transport from now on. And in my working years, it was kind of okay, but a bit hit and miss. You could end, you could sometimes end up late for work. But I have to say that public transport has improved. I live out in uh, Baldoyle, and there are regular buses, and there are mm. bicycle lanes never used. I have rarely ever see a bicycle right. on, on the lanes, at least not this time of the year. You might in the summer. So I think, you know, we have to measure whether that was successful or not, you know, the bicycle lanes. Because in Ireland, we have a love affair with the car. I did for years. You know, I know. I'd hop in the car to drop the children to school, uh, that kind of thing. We have to change our attitude. We really do. Why? Because, you know, the amount of exhaust fumes and that kind of thing when you're out walking is horrible, especially if there's a, a car using diesel. It's horrible. Um, and I think uh, if we can educate people to think about others and try and get them out of the cars and at the same time improve the public transport mm. system a bit better. See, we should have had an underground during the boom years. They should have started then. Yeah. You know, and that would it wouldn't solve the problem yeah. completely, but it would alleviate it. And also, Andrew, the amount of traffic lights. When when I leave my home here and go to town, it should take about thirty five minutes. It now takes nearly an hour because every couple of less than a minute, you're stopped. Stop it. It, 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 there, there, you know, a lot of people are talking about that today on WhatsApp, um, Felgen. It, it just seems to be in general, you know, it's the flow of the traffic, whether it's too many lights, whether it's lights um, being stopped at red for too long. People talking about the fact that, yes, we have cycle lanes, great cycle lanes and, and segways in, in some areas. And yet cyclists are still on the road. Like it just the whole thing doesn't seem to flow properly. We don't have great cycle lanes. I'm <laughs> sorry. We just don't. We barely scratch the surface in terms of investing in cycling. There are one or two good cycle lanes. The rest are basically just bollards on the road, which hopefully will get better over the coming years. Like, no parent and their child is going to use that. No one's going to let their 10-year-old use that. Like, we don't have these cycle lanes that allow people to have the independence and freedom to move around the city. We just don't. And it's we need more investment in that. And, like, the idea that it's a couple of traffic lights here and there that's made us one of the worst season world for traffic it's just it doesn't make any sense the number of cars in dublin in ireland has more than doubled in the last 20 years more than doubled since the late 90s that's what's causing the traffic it's the investment in motorways and the kind of car ownership that has followed that that is causing us to become a car dependent uh, city and country 
and we need to reverse that policy decision. We need to invest in public transport. It is not traffic lights. It's not a few lanes here and there. I see uh, a text in from Caroline in, in Dublin and, and Aileen, like as somebody who's on the road on a regular basis, Caroline's point is that she says there's a significant unspoken issue with traffic. Companies have actually started forcing staff back to the office. In many cases, it's due to managers being less equipped to manage remotely, but also, um, you know, d- due to flexible working arrangements, etc. I work in HR. I see it every day. If we're serious about green issues and we really want a future of work, we'd be focusing more on remote, not less. I presume you're seeing more. It's, it, is it just the back to work, Aileen? Is that people are back in offices? Um, I, I think, you know, it's interesting because when when I was thinking about this earlier, um, school holidays, I love school holidays because you can get around the city so much easier. Now, that's not taking away. Obviously, we want our kids totally educated. and But it, I just don't understand the difference in the traffic the volume, the absolute volume through school time versus um, school holidays. I'd like to understand what, like how, I, I, I do, do, does everyone have to drive long distances to take kids mm-hmm. to school? What is the difference that's increasing that volume to that level? Back to, back to work, yes, it has made a difference. But I definitely think the flexible working hours demonstrates that when people don't have to travel into the city, it reflects in the traffic. Michael and Glasnevin says people have to embrace bus connects, cycleways and the active travel initiative and stop objecting to every single initiative because it may slow their journey by a few minutes if they want to reduce uh, traffic congestion in Dublin and across the country. Dublin and other cities need a metro system, but for uh, the here and now, bus connects is the only option available. Um, This texter who's a bus driver says Merrion Square Monday to Thursday evening, incredible slow can take 30 minutes at its worst to just get from government buildings to Lincoln Place uh, which is just a matter of a couple hundred metres away usually 20 plus minutes most of the time as is also the same on the South Keys between O'Connell Bridge and Houston Station keep your traffic commuter stories coming into us Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.